I think like if you as a founder only think about yourself, uh, you know, that is a very short-sighted way of looking at the world. Welcome to the Reboot Podcast. Hi, this is Dan Putt from Reboot. If you take a look at the early stages of my career, you can see a very clear pattern. Visualize one of those Sky Mall executive desk toys contained a row of five or six silver balls on strings. And whenever you pulled one ball up off the end and let it crash into the others, another ball would pop on the other side. And this would kind of go back and forth, back and forth, click, clack, click, clack, click, clack. This was my early life as an entrepreneur. I'd go all out pursuing an idea until something inside me would compel me to change course. And I'd bounce onto a new idea and chase again. What was driving all of this? Well, ultimately I was holding myself to a choice. Choose between the ambitious career-driven side of me, the side that I really learned in watching my entrepreneurial father, Or there was another part of me that really wanted meaningful relationships, partnerships, fun, love, curiosity, all these things that I learned in watching my mother. And I get too far down the road of pursuing one goal. And on a subconscious level, I'd feel the need to be tending to the other side. So I'd stop. I felt like I had to choose between either side. And this choice, this choice was a trap. There was never a right answer. And in fact, What I was missing all along is that there was a third choice. This is something Jerry challenged me with in a session. What if they weren't balls on the opposite sides? What if they were all together in the middle? What if they aren't in opposition of each other, but in fact are two goals aligned with a bigger life goal? Wholeness. Amir is the founder and CEO of Doist, and he knows the click and clack very well. As the creator of a powerful and popular productivity tool, Todoist, which, by the way, I use every day in love, he feels the ambition to do big, world-changing things. But he also feels a pull in another direction. As the son of parents who owned a grocery store, he knows how important it is just to keep the business alive, take care of yourself, and take care of your family. He has wrestled with what appears to be an internal conflict the drive and satisfaction of just surviving and taking care of yourself, and the drive to do more, to do things big, to be on every smartphone and computer worldwide. And he has wrestled with this choice. But what if there isn't a choice to make? Jerry joins Amir, and they explore this apparent conflict, talk about his upbringing and his family's escape from the war in Bosnia when he was young. And in this exploration, they uncover a new path forward for Amir and the business. One of integration. Enjoy. A Reboot Circle is a hand-selected group of peers in matching roles who meet in supportive, Reboot Coach-facilitated sessions twice a month. We just recently started accepting applications for new roles, including Head of Product, CTO, People Ops, and VP of Marketing Groups. So what are these groups really like? We asked a current member to share his experience with Reboot coach and facilitator, Andy Krissinger. Hi, my name is Bobby Brannigan. I'm co-founder and CEO at Mercado. 
One of the biggest challenges that I've faced as an entrepreneur has been navigating the waters of solving hard problems while under extreme stress. You can't be open and honest with everyone about your business, right? Because you don't want to scare people away. You don't want to get people nervous because that's going to affect their ability to do what they have to do. At the same time, you know, there's not a lot of people that actually could relate to these situations. So having a group you could turn to is extremely beneficial and allows you not only to spend more time thinking about these issues and how to better solve them, but hearing yourself explain them out loud and getting people to question different routes that you might think about taking and, and that kind of stuff is invaluable. It's been great to have that group to really think in a much deeper sense with people that are sharing the same challenge and they're really trying to grow and really get out of that comfort zone just as I am. That's been really excellent for me. So who do you turn to? What if you had a community of peers who are committed to supporting you in solving your greatest business challenges? A group that knows intimately the very challenges you face every single day in your role. A group you knew you could always count on. There is great power in knowing you are not alone. Learn more about Reboot Circles and apply for a group in your role at reboot.io slash circles. I am not what has happened to me. I am what I choose to become. Carl Jung. Hey, Amir, it's really great to meet you. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, It's really a delight. Uh, Sure. It's an honor to be on the show. And I have listened to uh, quite a few of the shows previously. And uh, I'm a fan. So being here, it's a true pleasure. Well, thank you. Before we get started, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, sure. I was born in uh, Bosnia. Uh, I'm not sure if uh, all people know where Bosnia is, but it's like close to Croatia, Serbia, Italy, Austria. Yeah, it's like uh, a lot of people, actually, even Europeans have never been to that region. So mm-hmm. it's, they miss out, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But basically, I was born there. And then due to the Balkan Wars in the 90s, my uh, family basically flee. Uh, without like anything uh, to Denmark. Uh, So I was like five, six years old as a refugee, you know, we came there uh, and then my parents was like everything. So basically we went there, we couldn't really speak the language, uh, especially like for the kids, it's not a huge problem, but I think like for for my parents, like when you are 30 something and you need to learn like a very hard language, it's, uh, it's tough. So that's basically my background story. And uh, I grew up in Denmark, got my education there. And then uh, my parents have always been like uh, entrepreneurial, both in Bosnia and Denmark. And they actually started like a business, like uh, groceries, uh, like basically selling fruits and and vegetables in Denmark. Uh, So that was like my background. Like I worked and helped them with that. Uh, And actually I hated the, the job of having your own business. Like I always looked all for other kids, you know, that had uh, uh, parents that work in, in, you know, like in other jobs where you, you know, could take vacation, you had weekends off. Like we didn't have that. Like we just... Uh, well, you were in the shop every day probably. Uh, yeah. And I really hated that. And I never really like wanted to actually have my own business. But the truth is like when I got to the university, uh, 
yeah, I kind of never really wanted to work for somebody else either. Uh, so that's like why I co-founded a company and then right now I have a, another company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and that company is Duist and you're the CEO? Uh, yeah, I'm the founder and CEO of, of, of Duist. And basically like we do uh, productivity software uh, we have done Todoist, which is one of the most popular to-do apps. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so so that's basically uh, mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're just going to take a pause and recognize that you are a refugee, and that you know you're the child of grocers who did whatever it took to survive, and that it was a hard. Uh, life, I imagine, coming there and with nothing. Um, what What did your parents do in Bosnia before they had to leave? Um, I mean, basically, we did uh, like supermarkets, and we also had like an import uh, company. So, like, we imported uh, stuff uh, from other countries. So they were relatively successful, sort of medium sized, small to medium sized business owners. And when they had to start over, they started over in effect with a, a single grocery store. Exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. But basically, like my parents, you know, they they never really get, got any formal education. Mm-hmm. Uh, so basically, like they, they grew that business, you know, from like the bottom up. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, tell me what it is that would be helpful to talk through today for you. What would you like to talk through? Um, I mean, I think like uh, to understand a bit of the context of a company. So basically, like I have actually bootstrapped this company uh, from the ground up, and it's not because like I couldn't raise money; it's because I wanted to do it uh, that way. Mm-hmm. Like my previous company was actually uh, funded, and we burned like through millions of dollars. And in the end, I think like we do, took a lot of bad paths. Uh, and just like we relied so much on, on this funding that we just, you know, didn't build a business. And uh, then it was very stressful as well. Um, we had a lot of pressure and stuff like that. So with with uh, my new business, uh, with Duist as a company, I wanted to like take things a bit slower and also like build a solid foundation. Mm-hmm. And I think we have done this over the past like five years. We have basically like built this uh, into a solid company with about 40, 50 people around the world uh, working remotely. Um, and we have a solid like uh, business model as well. Like uh, We are self-sustained, profitable, uh, and we're also growing. Um, but I think like one of the problems that I face is, uh, and I think like a lot of people, you know, when you start out, it's like um, you just want something that, that works a bit, like you want to maybe make a salary or get some users, get some paying customers. And then after a while, you know, you want to build a bigger thing. And I think like we are in this stage where we want to take this much uh, bigger than, uh, than currently. Um, yeah, so, so basically my, um, my struggle right now is how do we actually take the current uh, company is like uh, making uh, millions uh, of dollars in revenues and grow that to like tens or hundreds of, of millions of, of revenues and scale our team as well, uh, scale our product base as well. 
Yeah, I know. Like, I have actually uh, recently lo- uh, listened to the Rand uh, uh, podcast. Uh, Rand, Rand Fishkin from SEO Moz. Yeah, where he basically also like went into this path and then he tried just to scale it up and then he just like he got depressed in the end. Uh, so I think also like maybe like having very high ambitions is also um, problematic. Um, is is pro- ha- having high ambitions is problematic. Uh, yeah, and especially like knowing myself, like I'm actually never really satisfied with the status quo. Like um, when I started this, uh, I wanted to pay my own salary, but then you know, like that lasted for like a month, and then I began to hire people. Uh, so, so I think that's. Yeah, that's the current struggle. Um, so I'm going to ask a somewhat simplistic question. I have a belief system behind the question. So it's not completely what we would refer to as an open, honest question in the sense that I have a, a point of view behind the question. So why is this a struggle? Yeah, that's a good uh question uh, and I think it's it's really uh, knowing that maybe like no matter what you do you will never really be satisfied uh, and that's maybe like um, the struggle like so is the struggle a wish for f- trying to figure out how to be satisfied uh, yeah I, I, I want to like uh, I think like the problem with ambition is like it keeps growing and then like you know you reach one level and then you look for the next and then maybe when you reach that you look for the next like it seems like a never ending like uh, path and I think it's both like positive because you grow as a person uh, you build something that's meaningful uh, but it, it's also like very tiring I think uh, at times uh, mm-hmm. and it can be very dangerous uh, like if you said, uh, what's the danger? Uh, I think it's like depression, burnout. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I think those are the consequences. Like if you put too much pressure on yourself, other people, like, you know, it's just uh, misery maybe in the end. Uh, yeah. So, you know, I, I, have, to, I have to say that, um, first of all, I just want to acknowledge the, the, the power of the story that you've just told. Um, I think too often people don't prize the value of bootstrapping and actually building a profitable business from the get-go. I often speak to and think about my grandfather who came to the United States really with nothing and then built up, you know, a substantial business selling ice and coal in Brooklyn, right? He had no more than a sixth grade education. And you're smiling as you hear this because you know what your parents are like, right? Uh, there's an old saying that I would have, which is that there's nothing wrong with running a business where you simply have more money at the end of the day than you did at the beginning of the day. That that's the goal. There's more money in the cash register at the end of the day than there was at the beginning of the day. And again, you're smiling because you know your father and your mother would look at me and say, that's right. Isn't that true? That is true. Right. Uh, definitely, yeah. Right. And so let's acknowledge something. 
that a mirror, that within a mirror is that person. And that person tried to do the traditional route, which was your first company. How did your first company end up? Uh, major burnout. Major burnout. <laughs> right. Yeah, the, major the, burnout for you and a kind of a black smoking hole of a loss. How much did you guys lose? I mean, it's actually still an ongoing business. Oh, okay. But, uh, yeah. I like, see. So yeah, it was a good business, but you suffered. Uh, I mean, it wasn't really a good business. Like, it still run, I think, majorly on investor money. Uh, like, they are trying to turn it around. Uh, right. But yeah, like, I mean, I suffered a lot in that uh, business. Like, right, right. Yeah, it, it wasn't a very uh, a good experience. So, so that you had that experience, and 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 the fear that you have is that that that's going to be repeating itself. If you give in to this other side of a mirror, which is the ambitious side of a mirror, so there's this kind of pragmatic side of a mirror, which is, screw it, I'm just going to build a business that has more money at the end of the day than it had at the beginning of the day. Right? It's not quite a grocery store, and it's not quite where you know a situation where you or someday your children are tied to the store and can't take a vacation and can't. You know, he heaven forbid you get sick. But at the same time, it's not quite that, but there's this sort of ambitious side of you that wants to, quote, scale the business. And the conflict is between these two sides. Am I seeing that correctly? I think that is a very good uh, way of seeing things. Uh, I think, though, that, uh, like, for me personally, uh, like the the side where I just want to make a living, like that has died uh, a a long time ago, uh, uh, and yeah, so, so like it's mostly driven like by ambition, I think right now, uh, and I, I think like um, it's it, it's problematic though because uh, you know you should be happy with what you have built already. Uh, wait, wait, wait! We want to stop. Yeah. Whose voice is that? You should be happy with what you have built already. Whose voice is that? That is the, the other side, like the, the side that uh, likes to, you know, just have a business that, that makes more money. Uh, right, right. So I want you to pause and I want you to listen carefully. Whose voice does that sound like? Because I know you're hearing it in your head, but whose voice is it? You should just be, Amir, you should just be happy with what you've got. Um, I mean, it could be actually my parents. Uh, yeah. Uh, the, the, the thing, though, is that, I mean, I think maybe like it's a human nature that you always want to evolve and do something more. And even like my parents, uh, you know, they lost everything and they built a bit. Uh, in Denmark again, but like in Bosnia, you know, they just kept expanding. So like, even you know, when you get like some kind of thing that is like stable and uh, makes you some money, you can live comfortably. You try to push yourself to to higher grounds. Um, so the conflict is between these two different impulses. One of one of which is get 
comes across and has a voice to it that sounds perhaps like your father or your mother, or perhaps it's even the five-year-old kid who came through the refugee system, right? Because one of the things that happens when we're traumatized like that and we're deeply wounded like that is that we interpret the world in a particular way. We see the world in that way. And we carry forth that interpretation of the world. But that's not the only interpretation of the world that we have. There's another interpretation of the world. When did you start studying computer technology or computer science? Uh, I mean, I, I started very early, like, um, because my, my, my brother was studying computer science. So he basically taught me like a lot of stuff. Uh, well, how old were you? Were you in Bosnia when you started? Uh, no, I was in Denmark. Uh, I was probably like 12. Okay. So here you are, a couple of kids out of Bosnia, kind of fitting in, but let's be honest, okay? Right? Being a refugee, being an immigrant, even in as welcoming a country as Denmark might be, you were different. Right? I mean, definitely, yeah. Like uh, I didn't fit in right away. Like that's uh, that's for sure. Like I even I didn't even like speak the language probably. Right. And how many of your classmates had blonde hair versus your brown hair, black hair? Uh, a lot of them. Right. So so there's even a there there even is a kind of a visual reference for you. So so here you are. You're sitting over here. They're there, and you and your brother, you following your brother's lead, really um, probably found solace and a sense of accomplishment in computer science. Like, even at such an early age, learning how to either program or create websites or whatever it was that you were working on. And, you know, I'm thinking now of one of my children, Michael, who early on was using a uh, Nintendo DS, a Nintendo cartridge emulator on his computer and rewriting uh, Nintendo Pokemon games for his PC. You're smiling. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Right? Yeah. Right. Playing with that and playing with technology in that way and really feeling connected. So there's a sense of uh, that that's happening for you. And yet there's this other side that starts to grow, which is, wouldn't it be cool if we started a company? And both sides are sort of inside of you. Yeah. And maybe, I'm not sure, like, uh, maybe it's like, uh, it's common. Uh, I think maybe most people have, have this. Yeah. How, how does the struggle show up for you right now? Because there's sort of two choices that it feels like that are in front of you. Do I scale the business or do I keep it as it is? Um, I mean, the, the, the struggle, I think, uh, of course, like a lot of stuff, you know, becomes much harder uh, because like in the beginning, when you're just a few person and you have like a product, everything is, is much easier. Like communication is easier. Building things is easier. Uh, and also, like your responsibility is much easier because right now, like you know, I'll, a ton of people depend on me, uh, and if I mess up, 
Yeah. So, and as you know, grow more and more, then there will be like even more pressure. Um, yeah. And in terms of like personal struggle, uh, I think the problem is, you know, I have tried to avoid my parents' situation, uh, but I have like ended up in a similar situation. Like, of course, I can take free. Like I can take on a vacation, but like my vacations is I can't just like shut off. That's right. So even though you're not working at the at a grocery counter or, or a fruit and vegetable stand seven days a week, you still can't shut it down just the way your father and mother couldn't shut it down. Yeah. Right. So I want you to understand something. I'm going to make a suggestion here. That part of who you are isn't something to run away from. That part of who you are, the little boy from Bosnia who escaped a war that was a horrific war. And one of the challenges, one of my former clients was in the same war, but he was in Serbia. Okay? And the truth is, you all got fucked by the politicians. Okay. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and so let's leave that aside for a moment. Okay. That little boy who swore to himself he was never going to be like his parents is very much like his parents. And you're rubbing your chin and you're nodding because you. Tell me what it feels like when I say that. Oh, I mean, I think it, it, it is true. Um, yeah. Um, and I think maybe it's also like uh, nature. I'm not sure. Like, I think it's very hard to change that. Uh, well, here's a little hint. I don't want you to change that. Okay. I don't think there's anything wrong with that side of you. And that side of you at this point feels like it's in opposition to the other side of you, the ambitious side of you, the part of you that says, wouldn't it be cool if I was Mark Zuckerberg, right? That side of you, okay? Here's the thing that people don't understand. Those sides of ourselves don't have to actually be in conflict with each other. That side of you is, and you've probably heard me say this before in other podcasts, that's your superpower, my friend. See, when you did the first company, you ended up in a depression. Is that right? Uh, yeah. Uh, like, yeah, I was basically very, very miserable. Like, uh, okay. And, yeah. you, and, you, and, and you associated with the misery with, quote, burnout. And burnout means working too hard. Have I got that right? Uh, definitely. Okay. Yeah. So, but let's be honest. Do you work hard now? Uh, I do, yes. Okay, so why are you not burned out? Um, I mean, I think a lot of stuff is just much more controlled and much more balanced. Uh, yeah. Because you're actually closer to that side of you, 
that part of you that's like your mother and father. So I have a theory, okay, and it comes from the work of a good friend, Parker Palmer. And Parker, when he writes about his depression, would talk about the fact that his depression was always rooted from when the inside of him and the outside of him were out of alignment. I'm going to suggest that possibly the first depression didn't necessarily come from just working too hard. It came from a disconnect and a misalignment between the inner Amir and the outer Amir. Or, or to be more specifically, the, the Bosnian refugee Amir and the Silicon Valley wannabe CEO Amir. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Silicon Valley, but... Uh... But you know what I'm talking about, right? The part of, the part of you that wants to do is to be on the desktop of every computer in the world. Because you know, and I know, you've built the best productivity tool out there, haven't you? And you know that improving productivity helps people. And that makes you excited. Right. And so both sides of that part of you, this is the key, I think. Your implicit question is, how do I scale this? And the thing I'd like to suggest to you is that you actually embrace both sides of you. You stop seeing them in opposition to each other. Stop seeing them as things that need to be, quote unquote, balanced by each other but see them as things that need to be integrated with each other. Does that make sense? So it's like yin and yang. It's yin and yang. That's exactly what it is, right? It's masculine and feminine energies. And what's powerful about that yin yang emblem is that on the yang side, there's a little bit of yin. And on the yin side, there's a little bit of yang. It's not just that the two are in relationship to each other. It's that the two are actually integrated with each other. So what we're really talking about is the yin and yang of balanced entrepreneurship. So that to do is, imagine what would be... What's your greatest ambition for the company? What would you like to, it to be five years from now? Publicly traded, bought by Microsoft for $26 billion. What, what would you like to have happen? Um, I mean, my uh, greatest ambition would be to grow this so it has like impact, global impact. So maybe like hundreds of millions of active users uh, that you know, we are helping get more productive, uh, you know, get less stressed. Uh, great, great. Yeah. So, so hold that view. Now let's bring in the little boy who watches his parents. Okay, what does that kid want? Because there's something, quote, about ambition that you said before was dangerous. What does that boy want? Um, I think what... Uh, what that boy wants is basically building this without burning, you know, out or burning people out, like building it in a way 
So like when you end this journey or achieve this goal, that not everybody is like just hating their lives. Yes. Because that would like be, you know, like why do we do this? Like it's like it's achieving that goal, but like with having a great journey while you do it, like right. having a great life uh, while you do it. Right. So how many employees do you have right now? I think it's uh, about 45. Okay. At your next all hands meeting, your homework assignment is to describe both visions. The vision for the company, and, and if you want, you can send me an email and we'll work on the language of this, but the vision of the company is to have hundreds of millions of users and have a company where people are healthy and taking care of themselves and not hating their lives. Am I seeing this correctly? Uh, Jerry, it's like exactly that, uh, yeah. Right. I, I think, uh, yeah, that's very, very... Right, and so what I'm gonna encourage you to do is if you really wanna achieve this, you actually have to talk about it openly and everywhere. What's happening for you right now? Because all of a sudden you just shifted, your whole face just shifted. Uh, no, I mean, I think, uh, and I see, you know, this in, in our company, people work a lot. And I'm, you know, when I, um, when I think about this, it, like, it's not, you know, only uh, me, it's like the whole company. And I think maybe this was actually the, the thing that, yeah, I never really thought about this before. Um, yeah, so I think like making it very clear and not only for myself, but like everybody that, you know, this is what we want to do, but we don't want to do this. And then in the end, you know, come and, you know, have a horrible okay. life. So I'm going to bring your attention to something else that I just saw. I just saw a CEO take his seat. And what do I mean by that? We started this conversation in effect by you talking about the danger in effect to yourself because you had this visceral experience. But when I got you to visualize you speaking to the entire company about these twin goals as being one goal, your eyes softened, you kicked back into your chair, and all of a sudden you started thinking about creating this incredible idea for everybody. And it no longer seemed dangerous, did it? It seemed wonderful. Is that right? That is 100% right. Yeah. Because, you know, it's not, I think like if you as a founder only think about yourself, uh, you know, that is a very short-sighted way of looking at the world. I think you're 100% right. And if you take a step back, Notice we went from a place of, Jerry, I'm afraid of scaling the business because I might hurt myself because it's dangerous, into I'm going to embrace both goals. And all of a sudden, it becomes inspirational. It becomes a source of creativity. It becomes a source of enlivenment just because you took it both in. And it took 5, 10, 15 minutes of just breathing that in. Right. So your homework assignment is to take that stance in front of the whole company so that they understand what we are all collectively working towards. 
is to create a dominant platform for productivity while simultaneously creating a great company to work for. So that people, so great people can work there for the rest of their lives and go home and not hate their lives. That is a beautiful vision. That is a beautiful vision. That is a beautiful. And I want you to understand something. It comes from embracing the little boy who doesn't want to run a grocery store as much as it comes from embracing the ambitious computer science guy. You see what I mean? I see exactly what you mean, uh, Jerry. And uh, I think also like I'm very fortunate uh, to actually have this background because as I see it, like uh, for me, the American way of doing stuff and especially like Silicon Valley, I think that is very, very short-sighted. Like people are working uh, all the time and they are just burning themselves out. Uh, and of course they achieve a lot of stuff, but like in the end, how do you actually achieve the, those things and how do you actually arrive to your destination? Um, and I'm unsure like if, 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 if it's worth it. So I think like maybe uh, doing this and like doing the yin-yang of uh, having, you know, the ambition, but also having the, the healthy values uh, and having it in, in like, controlled manner. And I, 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 I'm very, very proud of you. I, I want to share, I want to reflect back something that I just heard you say, and you tell me if this resonates. What I think I just heard you say is that I'm very lucky that I was born during a war that forced my family to lose everything and to flee our country and start over again. Is that what you just, is that what I just heard you say? Uh, yeah. Um, and have like the whole background because most people don't, don't have that. Uh, That's right. That's right. Now what I see you doing there is a really important tool. It's taking the wounds of your childhood and turning them into something sacred something meaningful and powerful. And that is a path to mental health. That's a path to emotional equanimity. It's a path to spiritual groundedness. And we happen to do good work in the world as a consequence. See, there's so much that has happened to you not the least of which is watching your very, very hardworking parents build something from nothing. You learned how to do that, didn't you? Uh, yeah. Uh, and as all the stories go, you know, like building a business, uh, and even if it's a grocery store, like it, it was very, very difficult. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. I, I did catch that. Very, at the very first introduction, you describe them as entrepreneurs. And we often don't think of people who build a grocery store as being entrepreneurs, but I completely understand what you're talking about. Uh, yeah, I mean, the thing is also, um, I think uh, a lot of people are not really happy about stuff but like a lot of other people you know they are struggling a lot harder and like for me you know my life has been much easier than my parents like starting my business you know it's like a a, a game 
compared to theirs. Like they had to start their business without knowing the language. Uh, yeah, they couldn't like we in Denmark like we didn't even have like families. Like we couldn't really borrow the money uh, for, from family and stuff like that. And I think that's also something that we should probably like consider that we should be grateful for actually the opportunity that we have because it's much much better than like most other people in the world. I think. Well, I, I, I want to not only thank you, but I want to let you know that I admire your values and I admire your effort. Um, you're a very impressive uh, CEO. And, thank you, Jerry. Uh, I really appreciate your taking the time and sharing your story. And I hope this conversation was a bit helpful. Um, I, I really do appreciate the struggle that you have. Jerry, this was uh, incredible, I think. Oh, well, thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please consider leaving us a rating on iTunes. Your rating is the single most effective way for new listeners to find and enjoy the show. You can also get all Reboot podcast episodes by signing up at reboot.io slash signup. There's a link for that in our show notes. I am Dan Putt from Reboot, and you've been listening to the Reboot Podcast. Thanks for joining. How long till my soul gets it right?